Welcome everyone to episode 25 of the Star Road Podcast. We are a quarter of the way to 100, Tyler. Wow. Uh, you're really just going to start off like that, man. That's pretty rude. I mean, dude, it is what it is. <laughs> I feel like that's crazy. There's no way, man. 25 episodes. Holy shit. Yep. The big two five, dude. That's awesome. We did kind of a special ish for our 20. So I don't think we're doing anything too out of the norm for this nah. one, but that doesn't, that doesn't change the hype level and the, uh, the fun that we're going to have. No doubt, dude. Uh, we got a pretty good little program on today and usually we do, uh, but some more opinion based content than usual It's a bit of a lighter news cycle this time around. Yeah. Which I mean, <laughs> it's almost called for after, uh, some of the shit we've covered recently. Yeah. It ebbs and flows. I mean, we're about to start getting into the time period where a bunch of games are going to be coming out in quick succession. So oh, yeah. we're going to go from the, like we're in the calm before the storm right now. I feel, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh... Around the time we, we make the year anniversary of the podcast, man, we're, we're going to be knocking on the door of some serious releases, dude. October, you know, it's a big month. Yeah, that's going to be pretty fun. But uh, we got some news for you today. We got some gaming pickups. We got an indie game discussion. Yep, that's going to be fun. Uh, so we, we touch on indie games often, but uh, we, we never really sat down and took a crack at just talking about the concept in general. I feel like there's so much to get out of talking about indie games and indie game developers. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, especially because when we were younger, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of indie anything. No, not at all. Uh, that was like a foreign concept. Yeah, yeah. Everything was, you know, big developer, mass release. Now, you, you know, we're going to get into it. The, things have changed for the better. Uh, I think is a summary yep, of it. Yeah, I agree. And the top five is a little different. Uh, top five, I guess the way you would word this is bad games that we hold dear. Yeah, or like guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures, yeah. Uh, mostly from the context of younger versions of us, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. I think you're on that same yeah. mindset. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mostly, not completely. There's still a few games on this on my list that I would either I would either play again for novelty or possibly game or games that I still play. So we'll see. We'll see how that yeah, goes. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what's on your list. I love lists whenever we talk about games that you or I probably couldn't guess if we tried. No. One of my lists is going to be pretty obvious uh, after I say it, but other than that, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. I am looking forward to it, man. And then you know we're getting them at three shop, getting them out of here, and that's the program for the day, man. Yep. Um, so, what do you have first on the news? We have the new Mario Golf content first on the news. Mm. Only customary that we begin with the Mario Golf. Yep, I agree. Now, interestingly, so we got a character and a, a course, but it's actually more like two courses. Yeah, well, that was interesting because uh, you, you get an amateur version. And you also get the pro. 
Yeah, and of course we're talking about New Donk City for the chorus. Um, and they also came out with Toadette as a character, which is yep. sweet. Because uh, Toad and Toadette are actually like the characters that my fiance loves to play with like more than anything oh, that's awesome. in games so, like so this. this. is a hype release for her then. Yeah, I showed her that and she was like, oh my god, I can't wait to play as Toadette. I can't wait to get on here so and that's... talk about Diddy dropping, man. <laughs> Someday. Let's go. Uh, but so we have I have played the amateur and the pro course once each. I played I played um, the amateur with my brother. Mm-hmm. And I told you I wanted to play the pro with you and we didn't get to do it yet. We didn't have a chance. It's been a busy couple very days. Busy. Um very busy, but so I won't I don't want to tell say too much. I mean, it's 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 what you would expect, right? Like the, 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 I'm not really ruining anything for you. The the amateur course, it's a bunch of like 50 to 70 yard holes, yeah. all par three. Yep. Um, very fun because it feels like one, the holes are the greens are not um, challenging on most of the amateur holes. However, if you miss the green, you're going to be having a really rough time. Mm. And they're all par threes, as we mentioned. Um, on the pro course, all the holes are about a hundred yards longer. They're all in the like a hundred and something yard range, and there's a lot more variability to the path that you have to take to get there. We'll put it that way. Um, but on the amateur course, it's really fun because it feels like you can score a hole in one at any time. And I think that is the most appealing part of that course for yeah, me. Yeah, my little brother hit a hole in one when we were playing. He was popping off. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I hit my first hole in one uh, on this Mario Golf game uh, while playing the amateur course. It's just built that Absolutely. way. The green, the greens don't move too much on the course, and the holes are so short that you're pretty much trying to go for it every time, which is super fun. Super oh, duper yeah, fun. I could so, see you and I having a shit ton of fun playing the amateur course just for its own reasons. Yeah, just to try and rack up as high a score as possible, see how many holes in one you can yeah. get. I mean, that's that's what we live for. And, and I mean, the environment, dude. It, and it really, it really totally. tied it together because when, we're, when me and my brother were playing... Uh, I was grinding my Pauline uh, superstar set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm playing as the mayor of my own city. Let's go! It was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. When I played with my other buddy, he was also playing with Pauline, so we had that same re- revelation. Hell yeah, dude! Um, but yeah, man, uh, really cool course. The pro is pretty tough. Um, there's still a high degree of it's still all par threes right so there's still the ability to score but there's also some more challenging greens and more so some more challenging paths that you have to take to get to holes where at, at, in some of the holes you have to get really really creative uh trying to maneuver uh around buildings over buildings uh what have you so i'm excited to play that with you we should try and get it in at some point soon because uh it's a really really fun yeah, course that, as that's well that's exactly what i was gonna say man i'm actually really looking forward to to playing the pro with you especially getting to play yeah. it for the first time with you um 
This weekend for sure, man. We should make that pop. Yeah. Has to happen. Has to happen. But um, all in all, we love to see free content being added for this game. I mean, the hype for this game for Mario Golf uh, Super Rush for me has not subsided in the slightest. And the game has now been out for a month and a half. Uh, yeah, about a month and a half. Um, and I am still... I mean, it, it's my most played Switch game by far since it came out. Like, it really doesn't leave my Switch, except for when I'm playing 3D World Plus with my fiance. Yeah, see, this one is one of those ones we talked about, like, uh, when you were saying getting them digital, like you like to play Celeste or like you want to get Metroid Dread. Mm. Uh, I can understand getting Mario Golf digital because it's a frequenter in my Switch, man. Yeah, uh, for definitely. the most part, if I'm ever going to play a Switch game, I'm either taking out Mario Golf or Smash. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Those are two two games you might want to pick up digital just for the sake of convenience. Convenience. Yeah, uh, but but absolutely. I think, yeah, man, we were spot on whenever this first came out, and we said that the luster was gonna remain because absolutely, uh, I still feel about the game like I did when it first came out. As long as they keep releasing content for this game, I mean, that's going to keep the ecosystem alive and well. I'm hoping I've seen some rumblings that they may add like tournament functionality, which would be really cool. Um, I think that is something that the game would benefit from. Um, But other than that, just characters and levels like that's what we love. Oh, I mean, you can't ask more out of free content. No, definitely not. And they did exactly what we said. They, they're doing the aces method. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see what else we got coming, man. Uh, we could have a whole DK jungle golf course. I mean, mm. the, the, the possibilities are endless, man. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. How many actual like up content updates did they come out with for aces they had quite a few character updates man like i think mm-hmm. most of the updates on aces were character based okay but they came out pretty frequently and like i said they did a thing where if you participated in an online tournament uh they they'd give you a character early but then if you didn't participate there was just a flat date that everybody would have access mm-hmm. to the character uh, they also added an, uh, a ranked online mode whereby you can queue up with three other strangers in a like three hole death match. Um, oh. And it's like a ladder system. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but apparently that's how it works. I actually didn't know about that. And I think maybe for the rest of this month, um, I'll have to double check this, but I think for the rest of this month, if you play three of those ranked online matches, you unlock different colored Yoshis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I saw that, dude. And that, that You want to talk about incentive to participate. Yeah, so I'm going to be trying to get into that as soon as possible. Because, Likewise, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean colored Yoshis. Yeah, absolutely. We live for mm-hmm. that. Um, and the, the possibility of getting other costume changes for characters and stuff is is also exciting as Definitely, well. Definitely, dude. I really yeah. like the I like the concept of being able to fashion it up a little bit. Yeah, like uh, like go to New Donk City in the the Mario wedding attire. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But, or uh, 
can't like get Wario in his in his normal look, yeah. kind of like you can do on Smash. Yep. Um, or maybe uh, there's a lot you can do with it. There's definitely a lot. Uh, but the don't make no mistake that all the characters' costumes as they are in the game now are good. I really love the like golf course chic that they put all the characters in quite a bit. Yeah, the costume thing is is something that uh, is new to us with the sports games, though, so it's pretty exciting to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, we could sit here and talk about Mario oh, Golf again no all question. day. So uh, <laughs> let's 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 touch on the next. Yeah, I'm thing. looking forward to see how often they come out with new content for Mario Golf. Definitely. Definitely. Um, we got it. We got confirmation that we're going to be able to play as Beat from Jet Set Radio on. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Yep, and that we talked about it last week, so no no need to uh, dwell too long. But I'm very excited for that game. Very very excited. Definitely, man. And, and um, it's kind of part of the game and pickups, but it is relevant. I did pick up Banana Blitz for ten bucks on Steam. Nice. And uh, it's, it, it's pretty good, man. I have to say, I I enjoy it. A lot of people have complaints. I think the bosses are terribly designed. The bosses are shit. But if you mm-hmm. can get past that, as far as the single player game, I think it's solid. Yeah. Man. It makes me look forward to Banana Mania. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it as well. I, I was so disappointed, though, to go to the mini games and not have bowling. It's just, I, I can't imagine <laughs> making a Super Monkey Ball game where you don't have a bowling mini game. At, yeah, hopefully we get a little better selection yeah, in the next after one. After having bowling, you know, it's something that gets kind of hard to live without. Yeah, but uh, I agree. But yeah, that's cool, man. It, it beat from Jet Set Radio is kind of a different realm. Yeah, it's nice to see that franchise getting a little love, no doubt. But also, uh, just Sonic kind of meshes, like Sonic characters kind of mesh with the Super Monkey Ball aesthetic a bit. I feel like Beat yeah, is totally. uh, is strained from the path. Like mm-hmm. that'll be pretty interesting to see, like a you know, a kind of a humanoid uh, be in the mix. Yeah, you know? definitely. So I mean, who knows who else we're going to be able to play as? It's probably going to be uh, kind of maybe, potentially maybe like a Sega All Star lineup, just in maybe. balls, like a lighter version. Yeah, of that. Just, just some lesser known. I mean, how cool would it be to be like one of the the crazy taxi drivers, man? Or knights. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. I, I, knights. Yeah, I don't think the character is named knights, but that would be cool. Yeah, man. Uh, so we'll we'll look out for what other characters are confirmed. I'm curious about that. I feel like it's a bit of a slow burn. They might trickle stuff out, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were talking about the indie showcase, and and you know we're not going to do full coverage of it on this one, but a game that really stuck out to me. Uh, it was one I mm-hmm. told you about earlier, the T-O-E-M. Tome. Tome, whatever Tome. you want to call it, man. It looks like yeah. an ambitious little game, I've got to say. Yeah, it, it's very, like, wholesome looking. Like, the graphics are just satisfying and clean to look at. It's, like, black and white, and it's, like, a 2D, 3D, like, 2.5D situation yeah like i, like I was saying earlier man it, it's like it reminds me of don't starve and pokemon snap and like cuphead all just thrown together but in a rotating world like Fez. yeah and and then the environments look like 
uh, these like box areas. It, it, it looks so interesting, man. When you go, when, when they go into the camera, the depth of everything is crazy, man. I, I know that was tripping you out. Yeah, totally. I, I, it's so crazy to see. I mean, it makes you feel like the environment is fully rendered because you can like change the the perspective that you have from such a radical degree um, that it makes it feel like a more living environment. Definitely. From what I saw in the yep. trailer. And uh, man, it really gets me in the mood to talk about indie games. That's perfect. But yeah, uh, man, pretty excited. Uh, there were a couple other games on the showcase that were pretty interesting. Um, a game called Far Changing Tides, which is like a, a follow-up to a different game called Far. Um, but it looks really fun. Uh, it, it, the style reminds me of Inside and um, Little Nightmares as far as it's like a 2D puzzle platformer. Mm. But it also has like a seafaring ship sailing element as well, which is super interesting. That is very interesting. Uh, I'm gonna have to gloss back over that. Yeah, it looks pretty cool, man. It's uh, if you get to the YouTube video, like it has it broken down. Far changing tides. It looks pretty fun. Like I said, there was already another game from these same makers called Far, uh, something else behind the colon. Uh, but I think this is like either a continuation of that story or maybe like a a plus version of that game. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. I kind of skimmed on the showcase. I was eventually going to go back <clears throat> soon and watch the whole thing. This one sticks out to me as what you'd be most interested in, knowing that your love for Little Nightmares. Ooh. It has a very similar uh, camera angle and like navigation kinda vibe like that to those games. Dollhouse perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. But then there's an open world like sailing a ship that looks like a, the the boat from xenoblade 2 oh, shit. like like aspect to it i'm gonna have to definitely look deeper into that yeah um so that looked pretty cool uh metal slug tactics it's a game that's already existed oh, yeah. but it's coming to the switch uh, that. You know we love tactics, like tactical RPG and just tactics type games. And you know so. we love Metal Slug. I mean, I've, I've said you know that so Metal many Slug. times. Uh, I, I was watching that trailer standalone the other day. I actually pulled that up because mm-hmm. I was trying to see if it was like updated. I remember when it first got announced, I was pretty interested because I'm a yeah. sucker for the Metal Slug aesthetic, dude. Totally. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, you put out something like a tactical game like this and you have the that aesthetic. Just keep that look intact i'm there mm-hmm. for it man i'm actually interested in metal slug tactics big time absolutely yeah i think that's gonna i mean if the price is right on that if it's you know 20 30 bucks at the most maybe it goes on sale i mean we see metal slug games go on sale frequently oh, so yeah um definitely worth keeping an eye on for sure definitely some of the uh, most recommendable ports of older games on the switch i'd say is the metal slugs man i mean like everybody's got to have a metal slug game on their switch yep and the next thing that they saw that was interesting is a it's tetris effect connected so tetris effect obviously was a a highly popular new entry into the tetris franchise this just looks like 
an upgraded version of it for the switch um but it looks quite fun that's pretty exciting man uh because we didn't get tetris effect on no we didn't nintendo systems nope but i mean sterling i'm sure you remember i have a lot of fond memories of tetris ds and playing that against you man do you remember the push mode dude dude yeah so I, I if this if this gives me any kind of that feeling, this is gonna be a snap off for me. Anything official Tetris is an easy buy for me. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, th- that's just plain and simple. So that's pretty exciting. Coming out the same day as Metroid Dread, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a little let's bit on the it, on the back burner out, at that dude, point. Let's dish it out. <laughs> yeah um that's pretty much it they had a couple other interesting things i'd recommend if if any of this stuff sounds interesting to you just check out the check out the indie world showcase from august 11th on youtube um couple couple cool things i mean we we we've gotten a lot of indie showcases that i think have caught us by surprise probably more often than not with how many like desirable and interesting things that they're showing off definitely man they, they show a wide variety of things and uh i think the beauty of it though is we don't have to really wait around for a showcase like this there's trailers that drop at random for these gems that just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. throughout the year yep and we're probably bad about it like or at least i am about staying plugged into what is popular in indie um and this is a beautiful segue into our next segment. Oh, but, it certainly is. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to co-opt the whole conversation by talking about the Steam Deck right away. But I will say, I do think after having that, I mean, these types of indie games are so perfect for that uh, form factor that I'm sure I'll be playing much more indie once I have that in my hands. Yeah, man. I, I uh, think indie is what's really, really, really going to shine. Yeah, I agree. But this is not a Steam Deck discussion. I did I did just want to no, mention no, that no, because no. that's it's on our minds. Oh, I'm, I'm looking for any excuse to squeeze the Steam Deck in whenever we can. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but yeah, I'm I uh I'm excited to talk about some indie games, man. Like we didn't really pre-plan anything other than just the topic itself. So I'm excited to see where your mind went to start with. Definitely, man. Uh, we are going to get into it, but we do have to cover gaming and pickups as we do. Oh, yeah, of course. Of uh, course. So as far as gaming, man, which I've been getting into, I, I got to say, I, don't, I haven't been doing as much gaming as I usually do. I'm no, it's, it's been a very hectic it's been a very hectic time for both of yes. us. Uh, but w- um, what have you found t- time to squeeze in, man? I mean, we have still been making our way through 3D World Plus slowly but surely. I mean, we'll hop on more often than not in a given night and just play two or three levels, you know, to completion, um, which takes a few, you know, sometimes can take a couple tries. Um, but we're on the final world. So we're. Getting very very close. Within our next play session or two, we should have the game beaten. Oh yeah! And then I'll we'll be going back to just double check all the stamps and everything. But pretty exciting, man. Fun to uh, play through that game again. Obviously, like I did own it on the Wii U. I played through it once on the Wii U. 
But that was quite a long time ago now, so it almost feels like experiencing the game for the first time. I'm, I was on the fence, you know, even on this podcast, I said I was on the fence about purchasing it, but um, I'm really glad that I did for sure. I'm glad that you did too, man, and I'm glad I did. It's a fantastic game. I mean, and the the Bowser's Fury edition, I think, completely warrants it being a sixty dollar release. Yeah, In totally. The wake of people, you know, like weighing out the cost of re-releases you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah man uh i haven't really played too too much i played some mario golf i played some some of the uh, super monkey ball banana blitz yep you said you got into some rivals i played a little bit of rivals yeah with my little brother and some smash and uh did my thing uh a game i picked up I'm going to talk more about it on Three Shop, thankfully. I actually didn't get to catch the sale, so maybe you you can now. Uh, but a game called Cruelty Squad. I, I really don't even want to try to take up the time to try to describe this game. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's already, I mean, I've I played maybe five, six hours of it. And I could already say it, this is going to be carved into my tome of incredible games. Such oh, yeah. a weird game, man. Uh like I said, it's hard to even explain. It's an FPS, and it's intentionally made to look very old, just very mm. polygon, you know. Up your alley, But it's just for such sure. a bizarre... Like, it's so bizarre that it would take me so long to explain that I would <laughs> rather everybody just look up Cruelty Squad and check this shit out. The game was in early access for a while, but it just got a release, I think, June this year. So not mm. too long ago, man. Nice. Um, but that's the game I actually have been playing the most is Cruelty Squad. I, I, I'm going to be spending a lot of my free time. <clears throat> Not to get too deep into it, there's a whole stock market and fishing mechanic. And there's a mm-hmm. whole organ. Like, as you go around, they'll have lootable organs. And there's a whole black market for organs. It's like... Just oh, wow. When, when you, and when you sell things, you're not just selling. You're watching the market. And you have to just, like... Pull those clutch response. Yes. It. Yeah. And something about it, dude. The whole package is just endless. That's cool, uh, though. But yeah, man, other than that, I picked up Sonic Mania on Steam, like we talked about on the uh, Three Shop. Had mm-hmm. to get that $1.99 just to have it on yeah. Steam. And uh, a personal pickup, man, I told you. We were talking about the gold BK Pokemon cards recently. And uh, my little brother surprised me with my Togepi one, bro. Oh yeah, that's that awesome. Because you were just talking about how you had your um yours out in the Pokeball. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple I was showing them to you on before we did our last podcast when we had a little show and tell. Yeah, it was when we were face to face. Yep. Sort of. <laughs> but uh yeah, man, that pretty much wraps up the game and pickups unless you got nailed anything else to throw in. Nah, we, man, that was a, it. We got a big um, discussion on indie games, though. We could pick up right where you yeah. left off, man. Um, yeah, man, I would love to hear. I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on the structure of this discussion. Like, my there's so much to get into. I mean, you're basically just talking like indie games is just any game that is not made by a, a major developer. So that has quite a far and wide sort of scope. 
You know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in my mind, the way I want to structure this selfishly is you want to just start spouting off and gushing yeah. about your favorite indie games. Yeah, there's quite a there's quite a lot to cover. I mean, and there's a lot that we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, I mean, the first the first few games that come to my mind, obviously, I, I feel like it's like a pantheon of just like eternally good indie games, which is like celeste uh um slay the spire and like stardew valley and just games like that um that that are just like consistently being updated even to this day like years later yeah you know i i'm sitting here and and what really puts it in perspective is I'm looking at like the posters on the wall that's kind of like in the mm-hmm. other room. And I got Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Zelda Link's Awakening, New Pokemon Snap, Animal Crossing. And then I got a framed Stardew Valley world map. <laughs> and I think to myself, you know, uh, this Stardew Valley world map is something I'm passionate enough to put up on my wall. Made yeah. by one guy. Surrounded by... Uh, posters of games made by so many people. I mean, the, by giants, giant yeah. development teams. And and it, the first thing that comes to my mind is just how impressed I am that people can go out on personal en- endeavors, these small teams, and and they can yeah. make something that has such an impact. Absolutely. I mean, Stardew Valley. We talked about it. Uh, it's in Teslas, like. Yeah, I, I mean that tells you yeah, all you need to know right I, there. Another thing I thought about recently, it really says a lot that they're using Stardew Valley on the Steam Deck screen as a heavy marketing image. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that hits so hard with where people want to be with the Steam Deck. Absolutely, man. And Stardew Valley is a game that has kept up such an impressive player base. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it hit this this algorithm of perfection with popping off, man. It's just become such a huge game. I mean, anytime you go, and I don't want to make this a Stardew Valley discussion, but it's good that we're, it, <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's yeah, relevant. it's it's good that we're getting it we're getting it out though because that's really like one of the key points in indies when it comes to my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's one of my favorite games and, and it's the, the concept of one guy and and of course people help but you go back and you look at the old uh, like the original trailer from when mm-hmm. this was just an ambitious work and you see it didn't change too too much the concept was there man the magic was there like the the brain behind it was powerful and that's the thing about these games man is like some indie teams have a lot of people. Some of them have one. Some of them have three, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah. it's just magical to see what can be done with that amount of people. Because we're so used to credits rolling on games and just seeing hundreds of names. And now we have one to three people capable of producing quality. Like games that you and I are going to actually spend our hard-earned money on Mm -hmm. we've done it many times and we we will continue to you know uh but where the conversation goes i I definitely want to want to hear what indies shine the most to you 
Well, there's a game that I've never really talked about on the podcast at all. And it's it's an indie game that I that I spent a hundred hours playing to completion um years ago. And it's kind of like been out of my consciousness since then. But it's a it's a game that's on Steam for $12.99. It's so incredibly good that I would recommend just about anybody play it. It's called Ronin. R-O-N-I-N. Uh yeah, it is like a turn-based platformer shooter ninja situation i can't even begin to picture that uh it's pretty awesome man i i really it's actually one of my most played steam games even though it's a pretty like it's a pretty short game in comparison to the other games that are up there for me but i i played it through so much like to get everything unlocked um and it's just it's just really really fun it's like a it's a 2d game side scroller you can like you basically it's turn-based so you have you know a, a small amount of actions that you can do before your surroundings take their actions so you have to like basically stealth your way and and like try and get stealth kills to move through these levels that are like uh, it's like a puzzle platforming like action combat game <laughs> turn-based strategy Probably game better shown than described absolutely but it, it, it is really really fun um and i would recommend it to anyone um i'll have to check it out man i mean if, if you put that type of effort into it, it's got to be something yeah, we mentioned Rivals of Aether. Oh, I'm that's a game that I so glad you rolled into that, man. <laughs> I I do want to get more into this game because I think I mean it's an indie game, right? So, like the fact that they have it so polished and so mechanically clean feeling is quite impressive to me. Rivals of Aether is one of the most impressive indie games to me. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 if we if we gun to my head top five it's on it mm-hmm. um it, it it's such a it's funny because i played it with with uh, my little brother and uh you know he kind of he kind of described it as i would expect some people to describe it. you know he was like uh, it's it's a um you know like a great value smash but Mm-hmm. I don't see it that way. I really don't. I, I see it as something no. like Smash that, like you said, is a very clean and polished standalone title. Absolutely. It's different enough to where it doesn't really feel like it occupies the exact same space. And it, it feels so good to play in such a similar way, but not the same way. Correct. Yeah. And uh, yeah, th- that's a big, a big impressive one to me. I really would love to see Rivals really really get up there man like really uh I know it, it is played professionally i mean there's esport competition for rivals but mm-hmm. I, I that's the type of thing i'd just love to see that game get the type of fanfare that uh it'll never get the fanfare smash has but you know like i'd love to see uh just a gigantic community or like everyone who plays mm-hmm. smash plays rivals that'd be awesome man you know yeah uh, but but I'll tell you what, uh, not too long ago, just as a side note, they kind of teased a 3D Rivals game. 
Oh, that's interesting. Uh, we got a little bit of footage. Uh, I think it might have been like a Rivals Direct, you know, one of those little events they do. Uh, but yeah, they did show maybe 15, 20 seconds, dude, gameplay of, of Zetterburn being played in like a 3D engine. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, man. You got to wonder. Um, now, the the 2D aesthetic is part of what I love about the game. But I feel like they have such a good grasp on physics that I feel like whatever they came out with 3D would play very well. Yeah, it's not going to be mechanically too different. It's just going to be prettier, probably. Totally. And I mean, it, you know, it totally warrants picking up a new one uh, if you're a fan of the, the current one. Definitely. We, we, we touched on developers and one thing I wanted to also touch on something we come across in indie games that really shines to me, bro, is some incredible music. Mm-hmm. I agree uh, with that. With these big projects, a lot of the times you got the same names being casted. And, and you know, some of them understandable. Koji Kondo, for example. I yeah. mean, you know why they keep putting him on. Because uh, <laughs> he's the best. he's the best. But it's crazy to see what our soundtrack to our game sounds like when we get it from just who knows where. I mean, like all these minds in the world that create media. Absolutely. Yeah, I found it impressive going back to Stardew Valley. Not only is this guy capable of coding this thing and, and just making the game, just turning the wheels on it, he's also making the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, uh, he, yeah. he plays music in real life and he kind of brought that into the designing world, you know, and got into the music on the computer and everything. And it's crazy to think like, wow, this is your first endeavor into making like electronic music for a game. And it's mm-hmm. stunning. Absolutely. Uh, and, and then, you know, uh, hand in hand with the music is the continued support. That's something me and you talk about so much, dude. We really do. Is, yeah. <laughs> we talk about that all the if time. These, if these AAA developers continued to put the labor of love into these games for years after release man the following would stay definitely that's the big thing about these games that's why something like stardew valley has such an active player base and is always top seller on the eShop, always in the top five Mm -hmm. always the one of the highest selling games it's because you can get in on it now and it's not like you got in late. I mean, the game is always being updated. So you don't have to feel like you're coming in at the end of some cycle, like you're late to the party, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> it's always a good time for somebody to start it. And I think that's another thing, man. Like, a lot of games we get, we pick up, might be a year or two old. Mm-hmm. But we... we we live in a time where games hold up so well from the past decade to now, because a lot of the shit we're playing current day is trying to be like that era. You know, it's, it, it, a lot of the games we play are throwback when you talk indie, yeah, definitely indie, uh, heavily inspired by games that we're familiar with for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd love to see what type of inspiration that some of these developers give insight, but I'd really like to hear about the inspiration behind some of these games. 
uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, there's, 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 there's so much. It's hard to even like quantify just how much indie there is and how much of it is good. Oh yeah, but I mean, I, I think that we've seen indie is almost like to the culture now, almost what AAA was before, like. We see indie games that come out with the same amount of fanfare as any AAA release. Oh, I mean, no question, dude. You got you got uh, you got a AAA showcase in front of you, and you got a chat full of people that just want the new Hollow Knight. Yeah, definitely. That is when you know you've done something incredible. Like, dude, uh, everybody and their grandma, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Where is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, just I, I've seen the internet up in arms. <clears throat> and um, in a way, it's almost like indie games create the most serious fandoms. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because a lot of these games are because niche. Because when, when you have a developer that's interacting with the community, that's a whole different that's ball That's exactly game. the point I was getting to. These games, in most cases, are niche. Almost to the point where you can chat with the developer. Mm-hmm. Easily accessible. Definitely. Um, it's kind of like Nightmare Reaper. Like I was talking about that that FPS I got into recently. Oh man, yeah. you, I mean, you could hit that guy up right now and he'll answer you. You know. <laughs> uh, but the see what's but the good. game's incredible. I mean, that's what you love to see. And then I think it I really think there's is, a special yeah. feeling about um playing and experiencing a game that you know not too many people have gotten to experience yet because you almost feel like you're playing this well-kept secret that yeah deserves that. to be like observed by everyone that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's how i've been feeling about uh cruelty squad you know uh, there's certain <clears throat> certain things that like turn people off instantly about games and this is one of those games that definitely would turn you off if you look at it just initially Really? Just because older graphics, there's like a hideous border around the screen. Your life bar is like this blob that is like taking up part of the screen. (laughs) It's kind of like I've seen it referred to in some videos I watched about it. It's kind of like a shit post from the outside of a game. Oh, really? When you dive into the game, it is (laughs) just a masterpiece. (laughs) And, And the that kind of makes me think about, um, like, <sighs> thinking about Cruelty Squad and shit like that. It's crazy how they make these games and they come out and, you know, we have the internet these days. Shit goes viral. Absolutely. Sometimes on its own. And we find ourselves being exposed to new concepts on games completely. One that comes to mind, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah, that's true. You know, with indie development comes off-the-wall ideas. And -hmm. I think that's where we get a lot of our good indie shit from, man. It's like the creation of new game types or the variations on formulas that we currently have. Yeah, like I would platform. agree with that. I mean, Celeste just took platform into a, a new level and created its own mechanics. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's for sure. 
And that's what we love to see. I mean, there there was nothing like, I mean, you know, it's, there's so much about that game that is, it's got such a rich control scheme. I think that's the biggest point in favor for the game, right? Like, yep. And, and that's one thing indie developers have also done when it comes to 2d games. I think of shit like, uh, the messenger, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like the the bloodstain games uh, the curse of the moons they they make games with this retro aesthetic but they really have gotten the tight controls down to the point where now celeste plays so much better than something like one of the 2d bloodstains but yeah. uh but still i mean it's in the same yeah but it's in but the but same mindset for sure to like how the old games played they really got the crisp inputs in like they got the controls down man Something like Celeste, uh, it's a platformer, but you feel like you're really making use of your controller. Yeah, and that's it is precise. I mean, it says the the limiting factor in that game is not the game. Like nothing about the game is going to stop you from doing anything. It's completely up to your skill level. Yep, and it's so crazy to um. Like it's at this point, it's so big. But I guess just like Stardew Valley, but Terraria. It's crazy to call Terraria an indie, but um, it definitely is. Though definitely I mean, that's is. definitely in that same pantheon that we were talking definitely. about. Uh, Terraria is, is another big one, man. Like, it's crazy to see. It's just crazy to see what small teams can do. I, that that's the nutshell point of the indie games mm-hmm. is you know you don't need hundreds of people to make something that leaves a lasting impression on you that's true kind of like how sometimes music by an ensemble of music by one person is just perfect because it's all from the same mind now the me- the meeting mm-hmm. of the minds has been known to be a beautiful thing uh, but sometimes when it comes from, you know, fewer minds, I feel like it's more honed in, kind of like Little Nightmares. <clears throat> that game is so big, and it's Bandai Namco. Hard to call it an indie. But we are talking about a very independent studio that the game got picked up from, Tarsier. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk indie, that, you know, that was an independent studio. A small group of people that put that brought forward that prototype for little nightmares you know so think about how finite the ideas are when you have fewer people working on it uh and then think about how hectic the ideas can be to get together when you have 80 people in a room throwing ideas at each other you know definitely so I guess what I'm trying to say is it maybe it's easier for things not to get lost in translation along the way for mm-hmm. a smaller, yeah, I think for a you're smaller right about that. studio that knows what they're doing. You can have a much more focused concept. Yeah. I would agree with that. But I'm just glad that you or I could go go ahead and make a game and put it out and it's almost like uh based off of your efforts man every game has a chance of of uh, getting some type of following definitely uh, if it's good or competent at all you know 
and and it's a good feeling for people to get in on like an early access game. Like it feels good to get on an early access game. You know is is great. Like you know, like it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be something people are buzzing about. And uh, early access is another thing, man. That's something that you really only see with indie developers, like on Steam and everything. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you. you I mean, that's the only way it really works, yeah, you got in my opinion. If, like, if it's a AAA or something big, if it's, it'll be like a, a beta, like a closed beta, whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that's another thrill to indie development. It's kind of like when you buy into these early accesses, you get to be along for the ride. You get to watch the game slowly morph into what its final version will be, you know. Yeah, and that's almost more exciting than anything. Yeah. Uh, that that's something we were never able to do when we were younger. The day was the date. That's when it's coming out. That's when we're getting it. There ain't no trying it out, you know. Right. Uh, remotely from home. But uh, you know, man, we could, the. I don't feel like this is the indie games discussion. I feel like this is an indie <laughs> A- game, and yeah, discussion yeah. because. We just we never really touched on the concept in full, and and really talked about the magic of it because we live in such a different time that we take it for granted. Uh, another thing you got to think about, Tyler. Imagine how long we'd be waiting for games if we were waiting on big companies only. Oh God, yeah, that would be. I mean, we would just have so fewer games to to really make use of yeah i mean i would say if i had the ballpark it man 50 percent of what you and i consume or purchase has got to be indie content i would agree with that yeah uh, at least roughly so i just feel like of course we'd be saving a lot of money but but we wouldn't have access to a lot of different games another one i wanted to bring up in a short hike have you played a short hike before um, I haven't played it, but I am familiar with it. It looks really, really fun. It's a really, really great game. I think you, I think you and uh, you and your fiance would enjoy it very much. It, it's such a lighthearted yeah. experience. It's got same graphics as like Phantom Hourglass on DS. Oh, okay. And that's really what made me get it because I love that art style. Love, anything that looks like it's on a DS, I'm there for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's that's an art style that I yearn for. I wish you know people throw it back to like you know '90s shooters and everything and older PC games. I'd like to see somebody tackle that that 3D on the DS aesthetic. It's so specific. It's very specific. Yeah, I, I I'm with you though. Maybe somebody will do something big, man. Bring it. But that that Phantom Hourglass look. That's what we live for, man. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, man, any closing thoughts on the, today's indie game discussion? Because I feel like we're going to... No, I don't think so, man. I, I think that we we have definitely laid the groundwork for our thoughts. Like, of course, there's a thousand games oh. that we didn't even get to talk about. But I think that's okay. Because, you know, we still have many, many episodes of this podcast to go in the yeah, future. So what, games <laughs> is what we talk about. So, I mean, let's not, you know, let's not yeah. rush it. 
it's not upsetting. But, uh, um, but yeah, man, I'm excited to get into our uh, our list segment for today. Oh, We're talking dude. about our top five guilty pleasure games, which we do not have a collaborative honorable mention on. No, for the f- I feel like we usually do at this point, but no, I I don't have my my list is so specific to me that I I don't I don't know if we'll have any overlap at all. We're not going to have overlap. I can guarantee you. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's hear your honorable mention and get right into it. All right, man. Um, my honorable mention today is going to be Sonic Riders on the GameCube. <laughs> oh, I can already tell this is going to be a good oh, list. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen... <laughs> I sometimes you watch a movie years ago or a TV <laughs> show and you wonder am I just remembering that being good or is it really good Absolutely and I have not gone back to play Sonic Riders but if I had to guess man I don't imagine I'd be too I'd be too into it I would just be thinking that why don't I just play Mario Kart or something But for whatever reason, man, when we got Sonic Riders on GameCube when I was younger, I don't know what it was, man. I just really, really wanted to master this game, like get everything like the highest rank. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. I sat down and put in a lot of work. Did you? Oh, dude, I maxed that game out. (laughs) If there there was online on Sonic Riders, I would have been the GOAT. (laughs) So such a shame that the GameCube didn't have proper online functionality, dude. Can you imagine how much different things would have yeah, been? Later on, I would find out that like some of the same games were playing on GameCube. You know, people were online on on PS2, and I was so shocked by that. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't feel deprived. I mean, I really do. I no. really do hold my single player childhood experiences dear. And Definitely, this whole list is. The riffraff, uh, the, the, the <laughs> highlights of the riffraff of what I'm talking yeah. about there. But yeah, man, uh, Sonic Riders, not a game I'd pick up today, but at one point, man, I wanted to be the very best. Yeah. Um, my honorable mention is, is not one game, but it's just every WWE game I've ever played. Oh, man. Uh, which is quite a few and they're all like objectively not good for the, I mean, for the most part, but they're, I I, I don't know something about just playing like a wrestling, like a pro wrestling game. It just, there's something that's in our brains that just is like scratched by that. And I don't know, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, but but for me, like, I would never go out and purchase a WWE game today. But if if you said, hey, Tyler, I've got a, a WWE game queued up. Do you want to go wrestle? Like, I would be like, yes, let's do it right now. Bro, you know WCW what I mean? WCWNWO Revenge. Yeah, on the N64, yes, right? Yes, dude. That's classic right there. You know what, man? I feel like such a an idiot that fucking game could have been on my shit so easy hey well you threw it in here so <laughs> you know what i, I mean it's a it's it's it, it works it's a out sneak pick, but no yeah man like you brought up the wrestling that's such a great point because 
uh, I think about that game specifically because I feel like me and you played that. I, that's a game I had for su- such a long time. That was a, yeah. I say it so much. That was a pawn shop pickup, man. But that ultimately <laughs> altered us just a little bit. Yeah. Really had this. So I've played a few other wrestling games over the years, and uh, they, stun <laughs> they never baton, get old. For, like they're, even though they're not they great, they have that stun baton. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. What's your number five, bro? All right. Getting into the meat of it, bro. Um, Bugs Bunny Lost in Time on PS1. (laughs) I played that game. Yeah. That was a rental game for me. That's a, that's a perfect one for this list. It was a big own for me, and it's one that I played a lot. And <laughs> it's funny to think, like, it's one of those games that I was very patient with. And I just really, really worked my way through it. And, and, and it's kind of, as a kid, it's exciting. You know, like, the, the way they made the game, it's like, oh, he's traveling through time. Like, every level is, like, a different time period in, in history. Yeah. So it yeah. was kind of magical not knowing where you're going to go next. You're going to go to the dinosaur, you know, the dinosaurs. You're going to go to the yeah. the old pirate days, you know. And uh mm-hmm. I could see that being a big draw and as a kid and I spent so much time playing it, but I can, I still have that disc. I can just picture the playing the game and know it's not good. Correct. I can picture it. I just know it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just remember a lot of like just <laughs> awkward platforming and like there was a button wonky control yep, there's like a button to hit your yep. propellers on like propel his ears and, yep. you, and you hit yep. that and you're stuck you're just slowly going down with your helicopter yep. ears very I, that's the reason i never played it past rental is because it was so frustrating to play oh, yeah it, there's a lot of games that could easily made this the grinch on ps1 i brought it up before that that's just the same uh, but yeah, man, I would never pop Bugs Bunny Lost in Time in now, but it has no. to have a dear place in my heart just because I remember it so that's vividly funny. and played it so much as a kid, man. Yeah, uh, that's such a specific era. But no um, doubt. My next, my number five is, it's a game that I actually played more recently. Uh, when I first got my PS4, signed up for ps now which is like the streaming game service that they have which i highly recommend by the way um (laughs) (laughs) i I recommend it now because the selection of games is really good um however when i signed up for it originally the selection of games was not nearly as good as it is now um so (laughs) one of the first games that i ever played on it was farming simulator 2015 Mm. Um, now, you know, we've talked about simulator type games before, uh, and I'm not an expert on the genre by any means. However, I will say I booted that game more than once. Um, I actually got kind of into it for a little bit. Like it's, it's, it's not good. Don't like, it's not like, oh, this is a satisfying simulation experience. So high quality. Like, it's not even that. It's, it's not, 
objectively good but there was something about the progression of the game and the and the like over complexity of it that really drew me in so uh nothing else to really say other than shout outs to farming simulator shout outs to farming uh, simulator they're still making the games um so somebody must be buying them yeah i guess so that's all i got <laughs> My uh my next one is Star Wars Bounty Hunter on the GameCube. Was that really bad though? When I think about it, oh, that's the one where you play as like a Django yeah. Fett type yeah. character. Okay, I'm thinking of uh like Battlefield or Battlefront. Yeah, um, uh, you, you sp- which is not. Yeah, you specifically play play as Django, I think, in this one, or Boba. Uh, And (laughs) the game is very janky. (laughs) I mean, I played played enough shooters, both first and third person, to know that Bounty Hunter was janky, bro. Yeah. And there was a lot of the game-breaking quirks that you you remember. You know, like, just a, a game where... Sometimes, for whatever reason, an objective becomes unachievable because the game said so. That type of thing, you know, like a bug of some sort. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, uh, that's that's not the reason why the game's on the list. The, my brothers and I, I remember we spent so much time playing this game, grinding through it, you know, beating these hard levels, and uh, and I, I just look back and I wonder what for. <laughs> I, th- I think about it's because of lack of availability of of options. I, I think feel. about the exploration of really nothing to explore. Uh, you know, I had a good time with the game, and you know, but you would never play never. it again. And you know, as we play the, as we go through this list, I'm thinking of more and more games that. Me too. I, I, it's me too. Killing me. Um. Another game I was thinking about, what was it? Big Mother Truckers? <laughs> big Mother Truckers, Bad Mother Truckers, whatever it was called. Ba- big? I think it was I think big. It was big also. Yeah, you used to play that. that. I remember you playing bro, that. Bro, that is a shit game for <laughs> sure that I played the fuck out of. Loved it. Don't know. I was addicted to racking up money on that game and just rolling around, dude. <laughs> Man, I feel like such an idiot that I could have put Big One of the Truckers on the list. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I, I'm actually going to... My next entry that I had wasn't very good, so I'm actually going to sub it out with something I just thought of. Um, oh. I have to. Uh, Let's hear it. And that's going to be Toy Story 2 on the PlayStation 1. Okay, see, now I thought you said uh, one time when I said that that probably is a bad game going back, I thought you said it probably isn't. I'm pretty sure it's not very good. I mean... Uh, Is that on your list? No, 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 it's not. Okay, okay. I I think it's, like, I I very much feel the same as as you commented, and this is what made me think of it, is what you said about the Bugs Bunny game where you're like... I can see myself playing the game, you know, in hindsight and just, I don't think it's very good. 
and and that and that hits perfectly like it kind of blew me away as a kid but i feel like if i were to play it now it would be horrendous yeah i, I kind of feel that way too and, and, and it's funny that i think i've successfully made an, a whole other top five for the first time that since we've been doing this podcast i've literally <laughs> made a whole a whole other top five on top of my current one since we've started this <laughs> because toy story 2 is like literally what my list would be made of but no, yeah. looking back the the free movement compared with the just over the top from behind laser shoots whatever direction you're aiming like you're facing misery yeah. absolutely <laughs> uh, good um, times nonetheless good times good times for sure all right what else you got man uh my next one is gonna be jurassic park on the super nintendo <laughs> oh god that makes me think of so many other games dude this is this is terrible oh man <sighs> jurassic park on the super nintendo doesn't have a save feature <laughs> i don't believe it did on the nes either so <laughs> as a kid i enjoyed firing up a fresh fresh game every time i popped it in just seeing how far I could get. Because also... That's something that would never fly today, oh, ever. And sometimes we wouldn't have a, a memory card or something for one reason or another, and we would live like that sometimes. But... Um, Did you ever just leave your GameCube on perfect, per, like permanently? I, I had that I had at one point. That, yes. No question. I've done that with... Because the GameCube was the only like console at, up to that point where you could literally leave it on permanently and it would never freeze up or have any issues. Yeah, man. That, in my uh, experience, like you could not do that with a PlayStation mm-hmm. two or PS one or anything like that. Yeah. The, uh, but the, but the thing about this game is it, if, if I remember <laughs> properly, it's kind of like if you die, go fuck yourself, start over. You, you're not saving. <laughs> so so I feel like it was almost like a, um, a gauntlet. I looked at it like every time I get on, yeah. I'm just going to see how far I can get. And I just, you know, and then you just, you, you go the distance and you see some new type of dinosaur that fucking mauls you, dude. That's you're funny. Excited. You're like, oh man, they have, I got to, I got further. And, uh, that, yeah, that, that just had to be on the list because that's one of those heavy hitters. Is a, I played so many licensed games on the Super Nintendo, but when I think back, a lot of them are good. I mean, really, like Tom Tom and Jerry <laughs> on Super Nintendo is a good game. Yep. Uh, Porky Pig on Super Nintendo, it's a good game. Like these are these are yep. competent platforms. Goof Troop. And um, but then Jurassic Park, you know, it's just you think about it and really you're just walk you're walking around as the fat guy and shooting electricity. Uh an interesting game that had my attention as a kid. I'd like to pop that one in and I'd love to fucking give that one a fresh go. Yeah. Uh but it seemed proper for the list, bro. Yeah, man. My uh, my next one is one that I think that you've played as well. And when I say it, you're going to go, oh, but uh, it's Enter the Matrix. In, Enter the Matrix. I can't recall playing. Oh, you never played Matrix it, game dude. Too heavy. It was 
it, it, that's what it was. It was a Matrix game. Like, there's no other way to put it. Uh, you could play as Ghost or Trinity, if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, it... I have fond memories of it because I thought the Matrix was awesome, which I still do. But, uh, like, that is a game that I would never, ever touch again. Because I know that it was mechanically janky even at the time. Um, but I just have such fond memories of just like absolutely mashing through the story mode of that game and like just playing it fully through to completion one time, maybe twice. And then like I was done with the game, but it, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about it. Like if you go and watch a video of it on the internet, you probably find yourself laughing. Um, but at the time it was like, no pun intended it was like revolutionary like because it's the matrix and people love that and i i don't know i i feel like the game sold well because it came out on the ps2 and the gamecube and xbox like during those consoles absolute heyday um so it was a game that like everyone had but it was just terrible um and it had a two-player mode where you could fight as two, like it was like a fighting game, Mortal Kombat style, where you could fight as cars that had been animated and <laughs> had like arms and legs, and it was horrible. Um, and then it had nothing to do with the mechanics of the main game. But anyway, Enter the Matrix. Don't play it, but do look it up. Uh, that that's my number. Oh, don't three. worry, I'm not gonna play it. I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers because I know there's a lot of Matrix fans out there. But honestly, as an adult, I think the Matrix is miserable. Really? I really do. Yeah. Okay, well, that's for a totally different podcast yeah, someday. Yeah. If we ever start talking about movies, but I, I still have a fun a fondness for the original Matrix. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll, that's we'll, the, we'll talk about it another time. Yeah, we can't get bogged down on this. Uh, go ahead and hit me with your next one. Uh, my next one, one is the Karate Kid on the NES. The only one that I can say I picked up later in life. It's a bad game. Let's not make any mistake about it. But I found some type of nirvana in finishing that game. <laughs> Just in, in in being able to make it from start to finish with without yeah. getting a game over it, that's just such a good feeling, man. The controls are working against you. The game is cheap. Uh, it's one of those, you know, knock you into a hole, magnetized into the hole type of games. Uh Mm-hmm. But I say it's bad because I've sat down and intentionally played through it multiple times. <laughs> you know, I, I got the video of me playing through it. And um, I'll tell you it's not a good game. But I can't explain why I get enjoyment out of just going back, maybe playing through it. I could play through it in under 10 minutes, man. And just being like, <laughs> okay, I could still do it. I did it. That's awesome. Don't, don't even have any other reason why. It just feels good to yeah, fight against the current and make it out, you know? Yeah. But yeah, keep it rolling for us, T. We're about to be uh, here at the end. 
Yeah, my number two, this may be a little controversial. I I don't think that these are good games, but somebody might. Um, But it's the Spider-Man 2 and 3 movie games from the like PS2 era. Uh, Not Inner Electro on the PS1. That game was good. Um, But the actual like Tobey Maguire voiced Spider-Man games. Even the first one I thought was better, but two and three were were not very good. But I am a Spider-Man like boy, so it didn't matter to me that the games weren't very good because um, I absolutely played both of those games to like full completion. That's so funny because uh, the only Spider-Man two and on game that I had was on GBA, but I actually thought it was a pretty fun little platformer. I can see that. I can see that for sure. But in the 3D like PS2 environment, it just didn't it didn't really hold up super well. Like the game it, it was interesting enough mechanically, but it it just was not very good. But I I still like just the concept of being Spider-Man in a video game is enough to make any game playable, if that makes yeah, sense. Definitely, man. We've talked about it before. I think uh, totally way in the past when we talked about Marvel versus Capcom, you said something along the lines of all you want is to play is Spider-Man in the game and you're happy. Yeah, that and that's still true to this day. Well, we're down. Uh, we're yeah, that's pretty much all I have on that. The number <laughs> it's ones, just Spider-Man. Bro. And uh, my number one for this list is going to be Scooby-Doo Mystery on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> okay tell me about it uh, well the thing about scooby-doo mystery on the super nintendo is this is a game i eventually made progress on and played through but i feel like i've never mm-hmm. spent so long with a game with making such little progress <laughs> yeah it's one of those pick this item up this item is for that you always have an item on hand that's swapped out for another item. Walk around, oh, okay. point and click type yeah. mystery, mm-hmm. that whole deal. I got you. Uh, like an I spy situation, yeah, something almost. like that. But you are walking around as, mm-hmm. and you know, the more I remember this game and think about it, man, I don't want to. Rem- I don't want to think of it as bad because I feel like I have such fond memories of playing like super mario rpg and like scooby-doo mystery at the same time and having mm-hmm. that same same feeling that that kid nostalgia but at yeah. the same time i just when i think about like the one they had on the game boy color just to scooby-doo yeah. like walk around mystery games with the items i just know it's not the experience <laughs> i'm looking for as an adult right that's funny, um, but but I kind of I kind of save that one for last just because I feel like that's like the pinnacle of this type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I still had that game. Probably get it for ten bucks. I mean, I can't imagine it's done. You know, they probably printed the shit out of a Scooby Doo game on Super <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'd like to own that just for the just for the the culture. You know, definitely. What's your number one, brother? Um, so totally, totally different 
than the rest of the tone of this list. I was approaching this list from a guilty pleasures perspective and from games that are bad that, but you know, either we currently still like or did in the past. So my number one game is actually a game that I play almost every day. And that is old school runescape. Uh, This game is objectively terrible. Like, To be honest, that is so funny um, that you would say that about something you play every day. Yeah, but it really is. So like this is the <laughs> this is the most intense number one thus far. From from either <laughs> I, I of us, I would agree. But I I couldn't put anything else. Like I, I I don't know. It it just had to be that way. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's gra- the graphics are awful. The gameplay is extremely repetitive, uh, and the level up system is scaled poorly, and like the combat is very janky at times. Though it has gotten a lot better, um, so yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I have <laughs> to say about that. That is fucking fantastic. I, I, I am loving this. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense to me. That's just amazing. I mean, like something you literally play every day and you just laid out why it's shit. Yeah. And and I think that most people would tell you the same. But it's kind of you, but you said it. it. You've said it in the past about about a game. I, I don't remember what game it was, but you said it was like your shit game. Correct. Uh, and that's what it is. But it's so funny because I have, of course, fond memories, man. They could be blinding. But uh, totally. I have such fond memories of old school. And when I watch you play it and get on from time to time, which I haven't been known to do so recently, uh, I think it's it's just still got the charm, man. It's hard to call it bad. But I, I guess when you lay it out the way you do, shit, you're pretty convincing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a I, number I, one. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it had to be this way. It's the guiltiest of pleasures. It really is. Yeah, it definitely, definitely is. Yeah, I feel like aside from Karate Kid, my whole top my whole top five is really just shit from way back in the day that I would hardly even touch these days. Yeah, and but I think that's perfect for a list like this because it is open-ended, definitely. you know. Well, shit, you really capped that one off, dude. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too much of a downer. Oh, no, but, uh, I, I just think it's 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 beautiful irony. I don't know. Yeah, it's existential in a way. It really is. But um, let's let's lighten the mood up, man, with a three shot. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's let's get it get it done. Uh, Fallout Four Game of the Year Edition. All we're, we're doing a Steam three shot this time around. The eShop's a bit stale. So we're going to kick it over to the PC. Uh, Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition, normally $39.99, is Uh, $9.99. 75% off until August 24th. I remember getting gifted this game when it was $60. I saw that you could buy the base game with no sale, $19.99. I was like, that's a hell of a drop. I know it's been a while. Yeah, I I remember buying this game when it was $60. I was shocked to see that, but hey, man, uh, there's all kind of extra content in this game of the year edition. Nine ninety nine. I, I think, like we talked about before, getting ahead of some shit to have on your Steam Deck. I think Fallout Four is a pretty awesome game to have uh, to Definitely. fire up on your Steam Deck, and that handheld sounds like a lot of potential. Uh, 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Quake 3 Arena plus Team Arena. Usually these are purchased separately. Uh, I love Quake 3 Arena. I mean, even if you're not playing a multiplayer, even just with the single player, kind of, kind of like Unreal has the single player where you go through the death matches with different scenarios, kind of. Mm-hmm. Same setup in Quake 3 Arena. I love it. Uh, you can get Arena and Team Arena bundled together. Normally $14.99, $4.49 until August 24th. It's a pretty good value. Definitely. 70% off. Uh the crown jewel of the three shop, Cruelty Squad. I bought this game maybe two days ago. Mm-hmm. Been playing it ever since. I twenty dollars normally. I don't regret the purchase whatsoever. I think it's more than worth it. <laughs> but if you didn't buy it yet, like I did, you can get it twenty percent off from nineteen ninety nine to fifteen ninety nine until August nineteenth. Yeah, nice. Uh, I mean that couldn't have came at a worse time for me but it couldn't have come at a better time for you <laughs> you missed out on four bucks for yeah. the for the experience yeah, I, I, of getting I it a couple days could early have gotten the soundtrack for free it's all good man i'm not worried about it <laughs> but uh yeah man that's the three shop that's episode 25 and that's what we got going on man a lot more to come it's pretty exciting um but yeah i mean good episode man it's it's always fun to talk about indie and stuff oh, like yeah. that like that's that's really Look what you want more of that for sure man definitely definitely um but yeah if you have any questions comments concerns or feedback you can reach out to us at starroadpodcast at gmail.com and that is going to bring us to the end sterling yes it is thank you everyone for listening hold each other love each other have a great day we'll catch you next time take it easy everybody Peace.